Hi friends, welcome to the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast with me, your host, Hannah. On the show, I'm joined each episode by an amazing guest to have an honest conversation, share our real life experiences and tackle stigma and misconceptions around mental health along the way. We believe that everyone would benefit from focusing a little more on their mental well-being, and we're here to support you to do just that. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi friends and welcome back. I'm coming to you on a beautifully sunny Easter Sunday. Although it's very sunny but not especially warm out which I'm fine with but my partner is moaning about me (laughs) because he really feels the cold more than I do but um, it's gorgeous weather um, and I think with it um, as well as in the UK things starting to open up a little bit more uh, being able to see people outside um, having got back into the river the other day I'm feeling a little lighter I think um as I said last week, uh, the last month probably has been a little tough for me. I think I've um, in some ways had a bit of a slump in my energy and in my mood. Um, but I feel that, yeah, things things feel lighter today uh, as I'm recording this. So um, I hope wherever you are that you are doing okay, um, that you're making the most of the weather that you are looking after yourself and kind of listening to yourself and, and what you need. Um, and thank you for, for tuning in and uh, listening to the show. Um, and we've got um, a really exciting week this week. Uh, so first up, I want to say a massive thank you to Dane and Kimberly who joined us last week. And this week we are today really getting into mindset and time management and work-life balance, which um it's definitely something I, you know, looking over the last month, I've been really passionate about um, a project that I've got going on and really getting into it. And it does really excite me about making the time for my self-care, particularly sleep, um, then kind of falls by the wayside a little bit. So having more balance is definitely something for myself that I I know I struggle with at times. Um, and so, you know, if you're, if you're tuning in, if you are someone who it's very all or nothing with work maybe Uh, or just starting to think about going back to work or back to the office or uh, any of those things or just in your life generally it doesn't have to really be just work-life balance it's really time management more generally if that's an area that you struggle with then this conversation with Samantha today is is for you um if it's not something you struggle with, hopefully you'll still get some useful nuggets uh, from this conversation. So uh, that's enough for me for now. I'm going to pass over to this conversation and I will be back at the end. Hi, everybody. And I'm really happy to welcome this week's guest, Samantha, to the podcast. So Samantha, welcome. And if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, My name is Samantha Lane, and I run a time management business to help people shape their time for real work-life balance. That sounds fantastic. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of our listeners and myself uh, need a bit more of. Let's let's start by exploring what you mean by work-life balance, because it's a term that I'm sure all of us have heard at some point, but what does it mean to you? Yeah, and work-life balance definitely, I think, is a personal definition. 
And for me, it stemmed out of a previous life of imbalance. Um, Past me, as I like to call her, was very ambitious and oftentimes could slip into this state of too much work and not enough life. And it wasn't because I didn't like my life and it was not because I had a request from my employer to work too much. It was because it just felt comfortable for me to achieve. And so that was sort of, for me, I wasn't living as much as I was working. And so now I try to help people understand what is their version of work-life balance and what does that look like? And for me, that's making sure that I'm participating as in my life as much as I am succeeding in my career. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And that, de- <laughs> that condition that you were in definitely sounds reminiscent for me of that working too much. Um, but I think really important to highlight as you did that it's a very personal thing. Because again, I think sometimes we can get caught in the this is what it should look like. This is what my friend says work-life balances or this article says work-life balances, but actually it'll look different for, for different people. Absolutely. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for that reminder. How did you get into this area focusing on, on work-life balance and time management? Yeah, so it really came from my past life of imbalance. So, and a really, really wonderful life experience. Um, in 2014, I had to have my chest cut open. And it was a planned surgery to fix a chest wall deformity that left my sternum sitting on my heart and made it difficult for me to breathe. So with all the information I had, the doctors recommended I move forward with the surgery. So I chose to do that. And I planned to be out of commission for four weeks and tried to, you know, tidy up everything I could with my job and my home and, and, and be prepared for a four week recovery. But what I didn't plan for was all the complications. And I had a lot of complications, um, which included losing the ability to use my left arm for a period of time and having a massive staph infection in my chest. And so it was a really sort of wild experience and difficult for sure, but it was a real blessing because it helped me realize that life can be short. We have no idea what's around the next corner. And um, as much as you can plan, things change. And so it, it really taught me to value my time. And that sort of set me out on this journey to reshape my life in a way that was meaningful. And how are you doing now? Are you all kind of back to back to health now after? Yes. Six years later, I have minimal lingering sort of implications from the surgery. Definitely more good than bad physically. And most importantly, I participate in my life more than I did before. And I'm really thankful to now run a business where I teach people sort of some of the lessons that I learned during my recovery. And I I sell products that I created during my recovery to help me sort of live that life of balance. Cause I sought out sort of tools. What is that magic bullet? That's going to give me work-life balance. And it turns out it doesn't exist. So, so I find that it's really helpful for people to have an advocate for balance. And that's sort of what I like to consider myself. Hmm. Do you find that there are common, well, for want of a better term, excuses that <laughs> people use for maybe why they can't find more balance in, in their life? Yes. And I love your braveness in using the word excuses. That's exactly what it is sometimes. And I think people think that it's their circumstances that prevent them, or it's the variables in their life that prevent them. And, and absolutely those things need to be considered. Everyone's life looks different. And some people juggle more with a job or more with children or more with bills or whatever that may look like. But I think if you want something bad enough, you can make it happen. And I just truly believe sometimes it's excuses that prevent people from living a better life. So yeah, I agree. Excuses. (laughs) And I usually know right away when I talk with people, if they have the mindset and the desire to really change their lives, like I know if I can help them or not. 
because they need to have that mindset or there's no way they'll be able to make a change. Mm. I guess if you've got too fixed a kind of view of it, if you don't have that flexibility to go, oh yeah, maybe I am just telling myself that maybe it's not true. If you're going to be resistant to anyone challenging those excuses, then yeah, it's not really going to lead to much. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, past me was probably not ready. I had too many excuses and it took that life-changing experience for me to finally say, oh my gosh, we just have this one life and our time is passing, whether we're living in, in it or not. And so I think that mindset shift for me was really critical. And that helped me realize that it's the, it's the mindset, it's the desire, it's the willingness to change for people to really restructure their life, at least for the people who perhaps are really bad off with imbalance. You know, there's, there's people right now who are probably succeeding in work-life balance. They just need a little more help. But I know that past me, I was in that bucket of people who really needed more help and needed a significant life change. Mm. And for anyone listening, who's maybe thinking they need a little bit of help or they're thinking, Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing all right. Are there any indicators to look for that we might uh, in a state of imbalance? Oh gosh. Yeah. So everyone's different, but I can tell you some of my um, things that I've seen in myself and in people I've worked with. Uh, We do have very real physical manifestations of our emotional exhaustion, and it can be anything from just not thinking clearly and quickly and sharply to one of my tells. Anytime I know I'm, I'm getting into a bad place and I still sometimes lurk back there and have to pull myself out of it, but I will have an eye twitch. Like my, my eye will start twitching. And that to me was always consistent with peak stress time and headaches were something I dealt with and just exhaustion. And, you know, some people probably can relate to the feeling of you run, 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 run through the day to get done with work and you get home and there's all these things that you want to do or need to do, but instead you do absolutely nothing because you're so exhausted mentally and physically that you just, you just can't. And so those are things that I think are good tells. And it's, it's interesting too. I think until I started living a more balanced and intentional life, I didn't realize how good I could feel. It's almost like if you, if you're constantly eating unhealthy food until you eat healthy food, you don't realize how good you could feel. And I've, and I think that's the same for your mental well-being and for balance versus imbalance. Yeah, I definitely get the eye, <laughs> the eye twitch at times and, and like a blink as well. And sometimes I can yes. just like feel it. And the blink, my my brother used to always make fun of me when I was younger and I got like the eye twitch going Yeah, it's, um, it's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also the definitely the mindless scrolling and slumping on the sofa. That's definitely a pattern uh, that I've seen in myself. So if you're, and if anyone listening is also going, oh yeah, some of that sounds like me, how can we start then to address that imbalance? Yeah, this is, this is a great question. We could talk for four more days about this, but um, one of the things that I've always thought was important was to help people identify that they need to change, help people feel motivated that they can make the change, but then also help people understand, okay, well, what's one simple step? And so there's a few, so I'll share some of my favorite things that would help someone sort of get started in managing their time better um, and sort of creating more of a life of balance. And the first thing would be plan. So part of what I learned during my recovery was that I had been living a life of reactiveness instead of a life of proactiveness. And so one of the ways that I shifted that was to start being more intentional about my days and my weeks. And that came in the form of planning every week. So every Friday I sit down and I make a plan for the week ahead. And it's, it has helped me to 
wrap up my week, enjoy my weekend. I don't have the Sunday scaries anymore. I don't know if you've ever had the Sunday scaries, but now instead of being stressed out on Sunday, I get to be enjoyable and enjoy my time. And then Monday morning, I can just kind of hit the ground running versus feeling behind. So weekly planning is a huge one. And another one that really helps is for me, part of my struggle was overstimulation. I felt like I was constantly being bombarded with so much stuff from emails to text messages, to mail, to just communications and marketing coming from every direction. And so one of the things that I found to be life-changing was to adjust the notifications on my devices. So on my phone and my computer, I'm not constantly getting pinged. And that has really helped to, to again, reduce this feeling of reaction and create a feeling of choice and intention in my days. So those are two that would pretty much help someone right away. And I, and I loved your point of picking one thing to start with, because I think sometimes we can, you know, if we're thinking, oh, I'm so out of, out of balance and there's so much going on, I just need to stop everything or I just need to you know, do all this. And that can be really overwhelming as well because it's such a big change. So I love that focus on pick one thing that is going to have a big impact and start from there. And it might be you, you take one of these great tips that you shared and then you try another one as well and kind of stack it on. Yeah. And I think you're spot on is we often feel this pull to, okay, now I've committed to changing my life. I need to do all the things right away. But that's sort of the equivalent of standing at the bottom of a staircase and jumping to the top. Like we're not going to do that physically. We know that that's a poor choice, but sometimes with our actions, with the things that are less tangible, we don't think like that. And so trying to make all the changes at once is very much jumping the staircase. So I think taking it one step at a time and building on those successes and, and really having those wins as we make changes really, really helps. Yeah. I found I've been getting into a bit of the mind scrolling. Uh, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I set a parental lock on just one app to start with 10 minutes a day. And even that this week has made a, a big impact because I still have like my 10 minutes, but I've not gone, oh, I'll just add more time. I've gone right, I've had 10 minutes because that could suck a lot of time out. You're looking at something, you're looking at a nice cat video or something, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then half an hour's gone. <laughs> I done with yeah. Anything. yeah and it's just a small thing but I've definitely found the um the value of putting putting that in place for myself well and I think you're being smart to be real with yourself and say okay what am I realistically going to do and if you're not sort of triggered or stopped then you'll just keep scrolling and watching those cat videos. So I think it's really smart that you're being honest with yourself because I think going back to even your, you know, your question about excuses is I think part of where this, this barrier from our current life to our best life, it lies in our ability to be real with ourselves. This is why I joke all the time that I hate um, the snooze button. Like when people will, will do, okay, I'm going to wake up at 6.30 and then they hit snooze until 7.30. It's like, just be real with yourself just set your alarm for 7.30 and to get an extra hour of uninterrupted sleep versus this like hope of who I might be when the reality is just embrace who you really are and build off that. Yeah, I'm notorious with the snooze button. Although, <laughs> although not, not always, because I think I've, um, for days that I'm going to the gym, not at the moment because we're on lockdown, but when I'm committed to the gym, then it goes and I will, what I tell myself, and sometimes this is true, sometimes it's not, is that on other days when it would just be nice to get up early, if it goes and if I haven't slept on, I'm really tired, then I'll snooze it. Um, but sometimes, sometimes it's just, I can't be bothered to get up yet. So I'm going to sleep yeah. longer. I've, I'm fairly self-aware, but also still some excuses. So a bit of a balance with myself. Yeah. Hey, that's good. That's at least you're self-aware. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So do you have, uh, obviously you said that you'd pulled together some resources when you were going through your own um, healing process, but do you have some favorite resources or tools that you use to help you keep track of your time and, and maintain this balance for yourself? Oh, I do. And if I can share some of the things that shaped me on my journey. So um, mm -hmm. one of my favorite books that I recommend everyone read is called Essentialism by a man named Greg McEwen. And that book is really wonderful in sort of helping you identify um, what's essential in your life and sort of getting into this, this concept of being the editor of your life and having less but better. And I love that because again, if you're someone who struggles with overstimulation, then having less to manage is really helpful. Um, I also love there's a tool called the Eisenhower Urgency Matrix, and that is a really wonderful graphic to try to help you sort of evaluate the things in your life that are urgent and important. And so that's a really useful tool that I like to teach people about regularly in my workshops. And um, another thing that I really like is, is the tools I created actually. So I created a folding weekly planning sheet that has helped me tremendously. And it's just a piece of paper um, that helps me map out my week in advance. Um, so really any paper is good. I always encourage people plan on paper because digital is great and it can help us in a lot of ways. Like I love your, your parental control for your social media. But one of the reasons I love paper planning is because it's, it's a little bit um, closer to the reality of our time. If we use a digital calendar, we have this false perception of infinite time because we can put a million things in a digital calendar. But unfortunately, we don't have the ability to execute a million things in a day. So what I like about a piece of paper is you'll eventually run out of space. And so that's the reality of your day. You'll eventually run out of hours. So I love paper tools that sort of have um, boundaries because that's more realistic to our time. So those are some of the, the first things I can think of that are some of my favorite resources. Yeah, awesome. I love paper-based stuff and I've got oh, a whole selection over oh, on my desk. I've got like a to-do list. Actually, it's quite cool. It's called do it, do it or ditch it. <laughs> so Ooh, that, I that sounds fun. Yeah, either I'm going to do it or it's it's not worth doing. But I, I do have um, an electronic calendar but sometimes, and I will periodically make sure it aligns with my, my paper diary. And actually that mm. sometimes is quite helpful because it really helps me kind of figure out like, what have I got going on? What have I put in? Because I have to put it in both of them. Um, but I have just ordered my diary for next year, which is quite exciting. And I've, I've kind of not really upgraded it sort of equivalent, but I've gone forward with appointments in because I found I was adding times in and it, I really wanted it really clear and consistent of when the times in the day were so I could really see what I actually have booked in rather than just kind of all over the place. So I'm sort yes. of upgrading from my just kind of general whole page for the day to this is much more structured. Well, and what you've just shared is really great for a couple of reasons. One, you're, you're illustrating the fact that everyone has a different tool that works for them. And so that is one of my favorite things to encourage people. I, I sell time management products that I created. So sometimes people are like, oh, well, it's not your planner. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I want you to use a planner that works for you. I want you to use a tool that works for you. And so everyone's different. And I know that my tools are not for everyone. And I think when I encourage people to find their right tool is think about, again, be honest with yourself, be real with yourself, what, what will excite you about managing your time, but then also utilizing what I call digital reinforcement, you know, we are in a technology driven world. And I think that our 
electronic tools can help us be more successful. And so mm-hmm. I'm definitely, I tell people all the time, I may be pro paper, but I'm not anti-tech. So I like to use digital reinforcement. So sort of what things exist on paper and then how do I use my digital tools to just sort of enforce that and communicate things to other people and just enhance my ability to succeed versus letting my digital tools drive my life, which is what was happening to me before. Mm. Yeah, I find the the duplication or the kind of writing out in the physical diary, and this is a thing for me anyway, writing stuff helps me really get it in my in my head. Um, and that might not be true for everyone. It definitely is for me. I'm a real writer, like studying, mm-hmm. like write everything. But the act of putting it in and writing it just helps me remember. And I still obviously check my diary, check my schedule. But yeah, it's that that reinforcement and really um, not a full kind of planning my week in, in the way that you mentioned that you do, but it is kind of helping me get my head around what I've got going on. Well, there's science behind that. Technically, we remember more when we write it down. Mm. So even if you write down a plan and then you forget it at home, you're still going to remember more and, and be able to do more because that act of writing, just that's sort of how we've evolved over the, the centuries as we can remember things more when we write it down. Mm. That makes me feel really good because I've just had a big declutter of loads of paper over, that I've gathered over the years of notes. So hopefully it's all in my brain somewhere. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, hopefully. I've got rid of it all. <laughs> Awesome. Samantha, do you have a final thought on work-life balance, time management before we move on to the set questions I ask everyone? Yeah, I guess I'll close with this. Um, One of the things that was the most powerful thought for me during my recovery was I heard a quote by Annie Dillard that said, how you spend your days is in fact how you spend your life. And Mm -hmm. it blew me away. And I loved, but also was somewhat existentially paralyzed by this concept that that when you add up all of our days, that's our life. So today, this conversation that you and I are having, like, this is not just a day, this is our life. And so for me, that that sort of sparked the, um, the desire to, to live it better, to cherish each and every day and each and every moment, knowing sort of how limited they could be and just valuing time as our most precious asset. And I just can't encourage other people enough who are listening to this, value your time and you know, realize that today is your life. Don't wait for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Don't wait for someday. Time is not a vague concept. It's a measuring unit. And so really take advantage of the day and the moment you have and plan and live intentionally. Awesome. That's a fab quote. And I guess way thinking you said about our conversation, checking in and thinking, is this something that that kind of lights me up? Is it something that excites me? And obviously there are things that we have to do that maybe are not Mm -hmm. the most exciting, (laughs) but is it something that doesn't bring me any any kind of joy or fulfillment or anything and I guess yeah is that kind of planning your whole life think about how you're spending your time brilliant I would love to ask you my set questions I ask everyone and yeah I'm ready yeah awesome and so my first one this is one of my buzzwords uh, is what brings you joy in your life so many things now that I live my moments better. Um, but I'm going to go with one of the things that brings me most joy right now is, um, I have a 15 year old dog who just is the cutest thing. And I know that sounds so cliche to say my dog, but her energy is just too perfect. And she's, she just, just looking at her makes me happy. She brings me a deeper joy than maybe anything else. Mm, What kind of dog? Uh, I don't know. She's some sort of mix. I think she's like a chow golden something. She's very fluffy and kind of goofy looking awesome I've got my my dog's um short head I have a staffy and I do love fluffy dogs um, <laughs> yeah no I absolutely yeah I absolutely dogs oh, oh, and other animals but um yeah they bring so much joy so yes awesome. 
sure. And then my my second question, another one of my buzzwords is what makes life meaningful for you? You know, I, I think this is something I've actually thought about a lot after my surgery, because suddenly I questioned everything and I worried about everything. And I think to me is sort of what I'm going to call earning my place. Um, I believe that we always have something to give. And I, I always try to think about what can I do for the person next to me? What can I give to the person next to me? And how can I earn my place on this earth? And sort of what, what sort of legacy am I leaving behind? And to me, that's meaningful because it's something that can exist far beyond, um, you know, any selfish joy I might find like a a good meal or a cute purse, those things are fleeting, but what I can do and how I can make other people feel to me is, is long lasting and very meaningful. Yeah. Awesome. And then my next two questions are about our kind of overarching topic on the podcast, which is mental wellbeing. So the first question is what does mental wellness mean to you? That is a deep question. I will tell you, I, I have a lot of opinions about that. Um, one, because okay. I have had a lot of people in my family who've dealt with various aspects of mental illness. And so I do believe that mental health is something that's a spectrum. I think we're all on the spectrum, maybe just in different places at different times. And so I think what it, it means to me is sort of where are we on the spectrum at that moment? And do we need to move to a different spectrum place on the spectrum? Mm -hmm. And then do we need to be aware if we're in a healthy place on that spectrum of who around us is in a, maybe a more dangerous place and what are we doing for them? I hope that makes sense. It's a very vague answer. No, no, it's great. And it does make sense. And so then I'm going to, my follow-up question is normally um, what you do to maintain your own mental well-being. Um, But I'm going to change it slightly to for yourself. How do you do that kind of checking in with yourself for where you are? on the spectrum? Yeah. So, um, I I think it comes from just intentionality and listening to my mind and my body. Um, prior to having my chest cut open, I actually broke my spine. So I've always been very tuned into my, my body physically, Mm -hmm. but it took more effort to learn how to check it on my mind. And so paying attention to those physical reactions that I have like an eye twitch or a headache, and then really giving myself grace. I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. And so times it's been hard for me to justify rest or take a vacation day or a sick day. And so just that intentionality and self-talk and surrounding my self, my eyes, my ears, what I follow on social media, what I listen to in podcasts and books and, and surrounding myself with the the kind of conversations that support a life of well-being and a, a life of supporting others in their well-being, just being intentional about incorporating that into my days is, has been something that's really good for me to keep it sort of top of mind and not let me forget about it or ignore it. Mm, brilliant. Thank you. And so then my next question, sometimes a challenge, so we'll see, uh, is are you able to describe your own mindset? Ooh, I love this question. <laughs> um, this one could get us real deep and I know we're wrapping up, so it might be a dangerous time, but my mental mindset is my first thought on this. So I'm going to go with it because it's my gut reaction. My mindset is very much that of um, determination. And so sometimes that can be dangerous, like turning me into a workaholic, but at the same time, that can be very powerful because this new version of my life, I'm very determined to live well and teach others. So that determination, I think is sort of how my mind is, and it can be used, I think for good or evil. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah, I love that. And it's a deliberately vague question. Sometimes people sort of like, oh, what do you mean by that? And I usually say, I'm not telling you. <laughs> no, I love vague questions because then you just get what people really think. And my first thought was, I'm a, I'm a strong-willed kind of girl. 
Yeah, it's a fun question because there are so many different answers that, that people give, which is just fab. Um, and it brings us on to my favorite question to ask. Um, and we're all about kind of practical tips and ideas, because sometimes, particularly if you're feeling a bit stuck and a bit, ugh, it's really hard to kind of think of ideas of what you're going to do when you're in that place. And so one of the things that we like to do is give people ideas of things that they can try. Mm. So do you have a top one to three tips that you'd like to share with us? Yes, I totally do. Okay. So I already mentioned this one, but I'm going to say it again because it's life-changing every Friday, make a plan. If you aren't comfortable planning a whole week in advance on Friday, at least before you go to sleep tonight, make sure you have a plan for tomorrow. So planning ahead is number one. Um, I think number two is sort of having boundaries, saying no. And so I think that's a really good tip. Um, if you've not done it yet today, say no to something. Um, because reality is saying yes to something is saying no to something else. So be choosy. Um, and then the last one is a little bit outside of time management, but I believe in power posing. And sometimes if I need a mental boost or if I need encouragement to say no to something, I love to power pose because it just sort of gets me in a place where I feel confident doing what I know I need to do, but maybe don't have the bravery or the power to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing if you've seen the, is it Amy Cuddy's uh, yes. TED talk? About yes, it? I love it. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, um, I used to teach um, teenagers and I showed that to some of my students and I had a student who was very anxious, very, very introverted, very shy. And she started <laughs> doing the power posing and it didn't have a, like a, a massive transformation, but she did feel a difference. She said from doing it. And so I just, yeah, I love that it. idea of them just like power posing in the bathroom, but Yes. So good. I love that. Especially for young people. They need that. Yeah. Although I have one student, he did the most power posing ever. Like, and, and so this was a a very sort of, it was a specialist setting that we were working in, but he would have a reclining chair and his feet up on the table and like arms back, like behind his head. And I was like, that is like the most power pose you could possibly do. (laughs) bringing it in that. a bit but it was it was fab he was like yeah. so in his power like whatever this is I'm just in this space existing yeah <laughs> power yeah. posing is great yeah absolutely and then my final final question is where people can find you if they're interested in finding some of your resources that you mentioned or working with you where can they find you yeah so um the two easiest places would be either the website which is origamiday.com or social media which is my origami day and that's sort of on all the channels, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, blah, 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 all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but those, one of those two places is usually helpful and it'll kind of direct you out to different things like products or the blog or videos or workshops or programs. I'm always trying to do different things to sort of add value and teach people how to live their lives better and more balanced and then also give them the tools to do so. Awesome. And we will absolutely link in the show notes so people can find you easily from there as well. Ah, Samantha, I've had so much fun talking to you. I'm also feeling like um, I need to start my eye twitch. (laughs) (laughs) My own work-life balance a little bit and take a look at my own excuses. Um, But yeah, it's been really fun and also really personally useful, which I find with the podcast is great because you can be a little bit selfish. Of course. Of course. I'm very... I'm very thankful for the time that you've been able to share with me because I know your time is very valuable and um, I hope it's very helpful and we're going to work on getting rid of that eye twitch for you. Yeah, um, it's not, I've not got it at the moment. Um, it was there a couple of ago, I think, but today I'm obviously chilled, um, chilled That's enough good. and uh, balanced enough. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you.
thanks again to Samantha for, for joining me uh, this week. And as I was listening back through, I was very conscious of that idea of growth mindset. I recently, well, recently after recording this and uh, before now, read uh, Carol Dweck's Growth Mindset. Or, well, actually, the book's just called Mindset, but it's about growth and fixed mindset, uh, which is something that possibly you've come across. But that idea that we can have a very fixed view of our capabilities in an area of what's possible, or we can transition to a more growth mindset where we are more open to the possibility of change and growth and expansion in, in whatever area. Um, so it's it's feels like a really long book, but <laughs> some really uh, great, great information in it. So I'd recommend checking it out or just dipping into it a little bit uh, if you don't want to sort of dive into the whole thing. Um, but that's something that struck me. And and I think the mindset, it is a way that we can have some sort of choice or control over the way we view situations and the way that we respond. But a little thought on mindset. Um, and this is something that came up in a coaching session that I had uh, recently, where the client was was really talking about mindset and saying about how they knew about mindset and they knew about, you know, that you can choose your mindset. And yes, that is all true. But I think if you are trying to battle against something else about who you are and how you are in the world and trying to just force a mindset, really, well, when you're not acknowledging, you know, the, the whole of who you are, um, I think maybe there's just a, a better way, <laughs> an easier way. There's a balance to be struck there between knowing yourself um, and knowing when you can change the way you view a situation and when also to, to kind of accept that it's not something for you. So um, I guess an example, let's try and bring it to life with an example. Uh, I'm an introvert. So whilst I do enjoy social stuff, I also need my own space and I need that downtime. Um, and so I might decide that I, I, it's just my mindset that I can be very social and I can thrive in parties or social situations or whatever. And it's just about changing my mindset. And so maybe I can change my mindset and I can put myself out there more and I can make more effort to talk to people and maybe I can get quite comfortable with that but I still need to have that downtime afterwards to get my energy back because that's kind of part of who I am and how I function and so there's a balance I it's not that I couldn't ever be the life or soul of the party but it's it's kind of appreciating the cost of maintaining that that is not just the mindset piece there are other parts to it about my energy more generally um and and kind of yeah you might hear a message of oh you should do this you and, and having a growth mindset is possibly one of those now they just have a growth mindset and then everything's possible uh but you know how true is that for you and and kind of checking in with yourself of what is the thing that you're working towards and is it something that you really want and something that actually really is you um, I don't know if that makes sense and I don't know if my example made sense but I guess with everything it's maybe balance is the the theme of uh, my ramblings today of striking that balance um, for yourself and, and figuring out what that looks like for yourself um, and maybe being open to at times 
shifting your mindset and what that looks like but also it's about having that grace towards yourself and that acceptance um and knowing kind of what's for you um and what's not uh, maybe this is a topic that we come back to <laughs> if it's something that you want to hear more about let me know and we can uh, try and more coherently talk about this uh, another time but massive thank you again to samantha for joining us and wednesday's episode i'm really looking forward to uh, i'm joined by will so please do join me for that we're really getting into mental health having conversations about mental health uh, and peer support and all kinds of uh, great stuff around that so please join us again on wednesday if you've enjoyed the show please do rate and review and subscribe so it magically appears wherever you listen to podcasts and please do consider sharing the, the show with someone if you think that they would enjoy what we talk about here. But that's all for me today. Massive thanks again to Samantha and I'll be back on Wednesday. Take care for now. Be kind to yourself and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.